It says in the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Amen? Amen. I'm excited about what God is doing right now. Uh, before we're seated, we're going to ask for the blessing on our offering. So let us pray. God, we love you. We How many of you think you might be deceived tonight? Be not deceived. Praise God. No, I'm not going to preach that. God is not mocked. I'm going to preach out of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Praise God. Lord, we love you, praise you, magnify you for this day. God, I'm asking you to touch, Lord, and to move and to help me, dear Lord, as I impart your word to your people. I'm going to give you the praise and the glory and the honor in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Before you seated, I want you to understand something tonight. Out of this whole town, we have gathered in the presence of the Lord to hear from God. It is more, prob- it is more sacred than any house, any business, anything that's in, ta- it's in this town. This is where the presence of the Lord is. I'm sure there's a few more churches maybe. But we are one of the very few that have come together to be in the presence of the Lord. Isn't that an amazing thing? Praise God. You may be seated. I'm going to tell you a story about a man in France. A man was sitting in a diner at France. And he looked over and he saw this gentleman sitting there, sipping from his cup. The gentleman called the waiter over and inquired for the price of the cup. And the waiter told him what the cup would cost. And so he bought the cup. Praise God. And he walked out of the store. This man was intrigued about what was happening there. And so he walked over to the waiter and he inquired of who this guy was that bought this cup. And the waiter, she told him that he was an antique dealer and that uh, he buys rare antiques. He left the store and he went and he looked him down before he got to his home. He inquired about the cup and the dealer said it was just a cup that he was intrigued with. It has no value You know, it's not an antique, but this man continued on. I will purchase the cup from you. And he continued to try to convince him that this cup has has no value. It's just, I personally like it. And the man thought he was tricking him, and he decided, he said, I will will buy the cup from you. And finally, the man, in, in his frustration, said, here, I will give you the cup. If it means that much to you, I will give you the cup. The next thing that the dealer found was this man had this cup for sale at a large price because it was a valued cup. And so after a period of time, people began to mock him. And the guy decided that he was going to take away his problem. So he offered to give him $100 for the cup. And the man sold him the cup. So now he figured that Everything was good, and 
this worthless cup that he paid $100 for, at least he's saving the man his dignity. Well, the story got around that this dealer, amen, paid $100 for this cup, so it must have had great value because he never pays more than he should for his antiques. And so then all of a sudden he began to get phone calls about buying this cup. He had an offer up to $1,000 of buying this cup. And people wouldn't take no because it was a special antique. I mean, it had a story. And so, praise God, he uh, decided that, okay, I, I will sell it because they keep bothering me. And so he put it up for price. And then in, in the auction, it got the auctioneer bumped the cup and it fell on the floor and it shattered. And he thought, oh, good, this is the end of this parade, praise God. We're all going to be great. Amen. But somebody come along and said, that is such a precious antique cup. And they glued it all back together again. Amen. And kept it for some years. A cup that was worthless. Amen. So many was deceived about the value of it. The question that I have to you tonight, and that is, are you deceived? Praise God. Is there a deception in your life? Around 30 times in the Bible, we find that people were deceived. The greatest one that was deceived and deceived was, I believe, was the name of Jacob. If you can find a better one, let me know later. Jacob, praise God, deceived his father. He deceived his brother for both the birthright, amen, and the blessing. And what goes around comes around, or what you do unto others will be done unto you. Of course, his father-in-law. Amen. Deceived him in a horrible way of waking him up one morning when it was daylight and found out he had married his favorite woman's sister. Praise God. And so he was deceived. Deception. Amen. All down through the period of time. Uh, in the New Testament, there was a deception. The Magi that deceived Herod. Amen. When he did not return to tell them about the place of Jesus' birth. We live in a world of deception, very many deceptions. Praise God. I have found out, amen, that some of the greatest deceptions are people uh, that deceive others on, amen, tremendous amount of things. There was one where a guy in the olden days, praise God, tried to uh, tell somebody that uh, he had a box that would reproduce money and you could put money in it. He had a trick door in it, and he made it to where he could uh, make trick money. And so people, uh, he finally got the, the, it up tremendously in price. Amen. And when the guy found out he was tricked, he could not go to the cops because that would be counterfeiting money, and he would be in prison too. Praise God. And so there are people in our day that deceives. Do you all remember the name? The People's Temple. Amen. A group uh, of people around the 1950s. And Jim Jones was the one that was over them. Praise God. And he was out to help at first the jobless and the homeless people. He had a tremendous heart and did a wonderful thing. But his following got to him. And before you know it, he gradually went down the road of deception where he was able to deceive 913 people, praise God, to drink a poisonous flavor aid and come to their demise. 
Do you all remember the man by the Manson family? Charles Manson was a killer who managed to brainwash his followers and to commit horrible crimes. Praise God. He positioned himself as a gulu and uh, manipulated and charmed people for his own gain. They followed him to the point that they would do anything. And I want to emphasize anything that he said. Anything he said they would do. They were deceived, praise God. Even in prison, they still, some of them hold to the deception. I could tell you more of his story, but I'm going to roll on. You've heard of Heaven's Gates, praise God, led by Marshall Applewhite. The following of Heaven's Gates thought that the earth was going to be uh, recycled on the day of the event of the, what's called the Hell Blop or the Hell Blop. In March of 1997, they believed that they would be saved by getting on a spaceship that hit itself in a comet. 39 members, 39 members, about as many as is in this room today, praise God, including Applewhite, was deceived. He was probably even deceived because he himself took, amen, the poison and died. Why they were wearing these arm bracelets that read, that read, Heaven's Gates Awaiting. Last but not least, how about the branch of the Davidians? Y'all remember them. They were uh, a, a group of seven-day Adventists that went to the right. Their leader was David Koresh. And as a leader, it came, praise God, to be a standoff in Waco, Texas, which resulted in the death of 80 people, amen, of whom David had deceived. David was so deceptive, amen, that he had all them people believing that all the women was his spiritual wives, praise God, and that he had right to marry any woman that he wanted, no matter how young they was. You're looking at a cult. You look at this type of thing that causes deception, and one of the first things that you have to realize is that the leader sets the rules and the rights and the wrongs, and he can never be questioned. He is the sole authority. Praise God. There is nothing above him. He answers to no one except himself. Praise God. And then second of all, they try to isolate you. Amen. And want to isolate you so that no one else can talk to you. No one else can reason with you. No one else, praise God, can have any kind of effect on you whatsoever. Praise God. And then third of all, they will use fear to control you. Amen. And several of these, the Manson, amen, he tried to convince his followers, amen, that the world was coming to an end and that there was going to be a war between the races and that he alone was going to come out. And his girls with him was going to reproduce the earth. Praise God. Amen. Um, the the uh, people's temple, Jim Jones, he had the idea, praise the Lord, that the government and everybody, and that he alone, and he was the prophet, and he was going, and he, he caused them to fear the government, and uh, et cetera. Heaven's gates, same way. These people used fear tactics to try to lure the people. 
That's why. And, and the devil does that. The devil likes to use fear. Praise God. That's why Paul tells us, amen, in, in, in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Praise God. I believe that we need to win people through love and not through fear. Fear is the devil's tool. He uses that, praise God. Fear. Just think about how people will drive people with fear. They'll drive them with fear. This is why I believe that the gospel is Christ today is driven out of love and not fear. Do you believe we're living in the last days? Do you really believe that we're living in the last days? 2 Peter 3 and 3 says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. If we're living in the last days, there are people out there that are walking in their own lust. They are just like Jim Jones. They are building their own thing. They are just like Koresh. He, they're building their own thing. We're living in that kind of a day when people will go around building their own kind of things after their lust. I have, the Lord just showed me this today. I just blew my mind. I believe that God has no new revelation. Praise God. The only revelation there really is. Now there are things that we will understand God will reveal to us. But all of the revelations that the prophets gave in the Old Testament and all of the revelations that are in the New Testament, praise God, is the revelations that God has given us. Hebrews 1 and 1 tells us, praise God, God in, at sundry times and in divers' manners spake in time past unto the fathers by prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heirs of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. I believe, praise God, that all of the revelations that we get has to come from the Word of God. That's it. Amen. It's from God's Word. Because the Bible says that in the old days, God spoke through His prophets. But to us today, God has given us His Word. Praise God. And His Word, amen, is where we need to stand. And He says here, He says, For He has spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, everything until the end. You see, a prophet was nothing more than a man of God that God spoke through. But when God robed himself in flesh and came down in the form of Jesus Christ, you, we could receive no purer revelation than that that Jesus Christ would give unto us. Praise God. And so, it says that he spoke to us through his Son. Amen. No man is going to bring any real prophecy or revelation other than what's in the Word of God. Praise God. Amen. But whatever he brings out of the Bible, the Bible says in these last days, that scripture said, he is spoken unto us by his son. John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning 
was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so the Word, amen, that God spoke to us through Jesus Christ was God. And verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God is speaking to us through His Word, through His Bible, through Jesus Christ. When you pick up your Bible, praise the Lord, God says, hey man, in the old days, I used to speak through prophets, but now I'm going to speak through my son and his word. God speaks through you through the word of God and the Holy Ghost. Men of God can get up and preach to you and teach to you under the unction of the Holy Ghost, praise God. But they cannot go out of the boundaries of His Word. They've got to stay within the Word of God, praise God. Otherwise, amen, they are going to be an occult. Praise God. Jesus Himself warns us in Matthew 24 and 23, he said, then if any man shall say unto you, lo, here is the Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show you great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, look at this. It says that they shall deceive the very elect. Praise God. They are going to be so good in these last days. That they're going to be able to deceive the very elect. And my question to you today is God, how can I know that I'm not being deceived? God, how can I know, praise God, that deception is not coming my way? That what I'm seeing, what I'm believing, praise God, is not a deception. Paul tells the Thessalonians in Second Th- Thessalonians 2 and 1. He says, now we beseech you, brethren... By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by the letter as from us as that day of Christ is at hand. Praise God. Paul warns the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 11 and 3. He said, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve. By his craftiness. So your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity of Christ. The simplicity of Christ. I read that. And the first thing I saw was, in my mind, I saw Acts 2.38. Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and unto your children and unto them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, how simple can that get? It is extremely simple. But some people would like to confuse it with a whole bunch of other scriptures. Amen. And Paul is saying to here, to them, he says, don't get away from the simplicity of Christ. Praise God. I want to tell you something. Books are good. You can read other books. Amen. But I want to, the thing of it is, your Bible is the only book you can read and never question. If it doesn't fit to your Bible, praise God, you need to reject it in your mind. Amen. You need to go back to the simplicity of the scripture. Amen. And you need to follow the word of God or you'll find yourself deceived.
deceived. Paul said the simplicity of Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which we have not received, or a different gospel which we have not accepted. Now look what he says here. This blows my mind. He says, you may well put up with it. He's not saying, you won't, it's not that you will accept it. It's just that you won't reject it. You'll put up with it. It's not, it, it's contrary to the word of God. You know, well, everybody sees what they want to see. Everybody, everybody understands the way they want to understand. Everybody does what they want to do. You won't reject it. You won't say, no, that's not wrong. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, it says we've got to cast down imaginations and everything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. If it's not correlating with your Bible, if it's not correlating with the Word of God, I don't care how good it looks, I don't care how good, praise God, you think it might be. The Bible says you need to take that in your mind and you need to cast it down. You need to put it aside. Praise God. You don't need to just accept it. You, you don't need to just say, okay, yeah, that's good. Good thought. I like that. Praise God. I'll put that on the shelf somewhere. No. You need to cast that down. Praise the Lord. You need not to accept it. Because Paul tells the Corinthians here. He says, for, amen, if you take it and you accept it. Amen. And so here. Here's the answer. Praise God. Here's the answer. I read to you the scripture. I'm going to read it again. Timothy. Amen. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 and 13. He said, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And my question to you tonight was, were, you know, are we deceived? Are we deceived? How can we know we're not deceived? But verse 14, the very next verse tells us, it says, but continue in the things which thou hast learned. Someone told me one time, they said, oh, okay, I've learned this other doctrine. I said, no, praise God. That's not what Paul's saying here. He's talking specifically, amen, to Timothy. And he says to Timothy, amen, he said, but continue in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Amen. You know they are right, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. You've learned them from the apostles and the disciples. Praise God. Remember the things which thou hast learned. Amen. Praise God. And who you've learned among. And that from the child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which is able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. You know the word of God. You know that it can make you wise unto the salvation. You know, praise God, that it's the things of God. And then he goes on in verse 16 to say, For the scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, all that book is inspired by God. Amen. And is profitable for doctrine and reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That a man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto good works. Praise the Lord. 
the way that we know we're not going to be deceived is if what we believe and what we do and the way we walk and the way we go, praise God, comes out of the word of the Lord and that scripture. There are times that you will find one scripture seems to be controversy with another. When Paul was dealing with the church, he dealt with a church that believed in works, works, works. His scriptures were tremendously on grace because he was trying to get them from the left side of the road to the middle of the road. One time he was dealing with the church where they were, where they were grace, grace, grace. Everything was grace. So he gave them scriptures on uh, works. And so he was trying to get them from the right side of the road to the middle of the road. Because you look at the scripture that says, grace without works is dead. They come together, praise God. Amen. <clears throat> and so, when you put, when you have two scriptures to, that seem to be controversy, you bring them together. Amen. Because the Bible, Paul tells Timothy that you've got to rightly divide the word of truth. When he, we, I used to teach a home Bible study, and it's the, the, the title of the home Bible study was, when you open your Bible, open your heart. And when you open your Bible, you need to open your heart. When I go to this book, I say, Lord, whatever you want to tell me, I don't want to go to you with any preconceived notions. If I'm wrong, I want to find that I'm wrong. And there are times when I've realized some of the things I've said and some of the things I've done doesn't really line up to the Word of God. And I was willing to say, Lord, let your Word change me because I do not want to be deceived. I want to have a love of the Word of God. Praise God. Because when I love His Word, I'm actually loving him praise God because he is the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us you can't separate God Jesus Christ or his word they're all the same no more than you can separate me as a grandfather a father or a husband Amen. They're all the same thing. And when you love His Word, praise God, it means more to you than anything else. And we've got to stick in that Word. Hey, times will come. Times are change. We do things differently. We were talking the other day. Amen. And I remember pulling up to a movie house and reaching out and grabbing this old metal box and pulling it in and watching the theater from a little metal box on the side of my parents' uh, wagon. Praise God. Amen. Car, okay? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. We've changed. Things have changed. You know, there was a time when a phone was used to be a phone. I don't even know if we use it as a phone anymore. Praise God. We change. The, the way of bringing the gospel may change. We have live stream. Praise God. We've got music. We've got overhead projectors. You know, I've got the computer. Those all things may change, but the Word of God never changes. It always stays the same. Praise God. Just like when Peter, hear, hear this, just like when Peter stood on the day of Pentecost and said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, 
Paul did the same thing. He didn't change it some 10 years later like some would like to think he did. When he talks about Paul's gospel and Peter's gospel, he's talking about circumcision. Go back and read the whole chapters. It's all about circumcision. It has nothing to do about repentance, baptism, and Holy Ghost. Paul repented. Paul was baptized, and Paul got the Holy Ghost just like Peter did. Praise God. And so that doesn't change. There are things that does not change out of the Word of God, and they're the same today. Praise God. And the best way... Ooh, you ready for this? This is good. The best way to know a counterfeit dollar bill is to know what the original one looks like and feels like. Praise God. I don't go around searching all these different religions and trying to figure out where they're wrong or whatever. <clears throat> I just study the word. I'm not smart enough to do that. I just study the word of God. And when they say something that does not sound kosher with the word of God, I'm like, Mm-mm, something's wrong here. Something's not right. But we have to be careful That none of us in here, I'm preaching to all of us. I'm not preaching to just some of you. I'm preaching to all of us. All of us has the ability to be deceived in one way or another if we don't watch. And Satan is the master of deception. Paul tells the Galatians in Galatians 1 and 8. He said, but though we or an angel from heaven. And it blows my mind that so many religions have started out. By saying, an angel came and gave me these books. And I'm like, if you would have read the book, you would have known not to say anything about angels. You know, it's amazing to me how the world will talk about angels. How did they know about angels? They know about angels because of the Bible. They'll talk about angels. Praise God, touched by an angel. They'll make TV programs about angels. But when you look at all these things, they talk about angels and they make TV uh, programs about angels. It has nothing to do with the characteristic of a real angel. So they will believe in angels because the Bible says so, and, but they don't believe in God when that same book talks about God and the things of God. He says, but though... We, if I bump my head as the pastor of this church and I get up and go off on some other doctrine, Buddhism or whatever, even though I do that, praise God. Just like Paul is telling the Galatians, he said, if we preach another gospel unto you than that that we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And as we said before, so say I now again. If you did not hear me, Paul says, I'm going to say it again. If there's anything other than what we've preached, that what God has done, praise God. If any man preach another gospel unto you, then that that we've received, let him be accursed, praise God. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be a servant of Christ. How do I know I'm not deceived? And that is when I know the Word of God. When I study His Word. 
Praise God. When I rightly divide his word. Let's stand. Praise God. When I know the presence of God and the spirit of God. Let's not tonight. We're not going to have any singing. This is a very much informational message for you. Praise the Lord. We've got to hold on to the word. You know, praise the Lord. There are ways of doing things easier. Um, I have somebody that called me some years, some weeks ago, weeks ago. Nobody here about a situation. They were dealing with a certain thing. And they said, amen. We've got three people that come in and they said, this is what you must do. And we've got this one guy that says he can do it a lot easier. I said, don't use him. Because it's easier doesn't mean it's the way to go. You better go with the way that works. And we've got churches today that it's just so much easier to get you to just love God, have a relationship with God, but never be serious. You know, I'll never forget, and I'm going to end with this. I had a guy, I had a woman that came back to one of our Pentecostal churches in Texas. And she came back. She found out she had cancer and she came back. And this is what she told the pastor. God is my witness. She is a very smart woman. But she said to the pastor, she said, I want you to know something. She said, I left Pentecost. She said, for another religion. She said, that religion is great to live by, but it was not going to be good enough for me to die by. Praise God. Soon as I'm standing here, she said that to him. Praise God. You know, um, the thing of it is, of all the things, and this is what I'm going to say to you as pastor, of all the things that you better be assured of, the one thing you better be sure of, and that is that you're saved. And that you're not saying, I just feel like I'm saved. You can grab that book and you can look at me and you can say, this is what his word says. Because there is a lot of times when I might feel like everything's okay. But it's not okay. It's a feeling. I'm being deceived. And we don't want to be deceived, praise God. And so we had better stand on God's word. The Bible said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. Praise God. We need to stand on that word so that we're not deceived. Praise God. You know, there's coming a revival. And people are going to be more interested in getting saved because they're going to need a stronger relationship with the Lord and I want to be there with that stronger relationship and that roots in the word of God so that when they come somebody will know praise God what it takes to be saved can you say amen to that tonight so be not deceived dear Lord we love you we praise you Jesus for this evening I thank you Lord for your word I thank you Lord for the, th- the word that you've given me, the word you died for, the word that you've kept, praise God, so that I can read it today and I can apply it to my life. 
And God, I want to stand upon that strong word. And God, I'm going to give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen?